Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the podcast episode number one. I am Nate. Numero uno. And I am your co-host, Jason. We are in the bar right now, chatting it up. Chilling, having a couple beers. Pretty late, 1 a.m., 109 a.m. Yep. We intend to start this much earlier, but uh, as usual, getting sidetracked, talking. Working. Drinking beer. Spilling beer. Spilling a lot of beer. (laughs) (laughs) Can work on that one. Maybe we'll quick clip it to one. It was just me cleaning up. Um, Episode number one. World's best podcast starts tonight. Tonight. Yep. Tonight. Hopefully tonight. (laughs) For the the fifth time. Yeah. It starts tonight for the fifth time. Yeah, me and me have been experiencing some technical difficulties, so. But I think we're through them. We think we're through them at this point, so. But you know, future Jason, if you're working on this and it's not and you're hating yourself, just chill, <laughs> you know? Also, if you hear a little bit of background buzz, that's the fridge that we're next to. It's it's just going to be there. Yeah, it's kinda, it just is. It's kind of so. loud. I'll try our best to get rid of it, but, you know, some things, you know, I'm not sometimes, a wizard. Sometimes the fridge is just there. You know? Honestly, where would you be without fridges? I feel like that's a whole other topic. For it's minute. it's an interesting one, refrigeration and how it came to be. It's true. Interesting, yeah. although not for today. What is today? What are we talking about? Today, you know, me and Nate, you know, we want to start off with a big idea. Big idea. Start off with a bang. Yep. You know, eh, eh. eh? The pun. Well, well, hint. The pun. Well, hint. <laughs> So, or is that a wordplay? I don't know. It doesn't matter. That's not a pun. A pun's like joke. Like I don't think it's a pun. But good try, though. It might just be considered wordplay. I yeah. don't know. Anyway, this this week's topic <laughs> is nuclear power. Nuclear power. Yeah. So, Nate, why did we choose this topic? Uh, back in December, at this point, I think, uh, the democratic debates were happening, nuclear power and what the candidates wanted to do with it was kind of a big topic in those debates. So we're we're uh, we thought it'd be fun to cover that yeah. more in depth and kind of educate people more in like nuclear power and stuff. We're and hella educate ourselves. Late on it. <laughs> we're a little late on it, but you know. Yeah, no fine. one's voted yeah. yet. We still yeah, got a while till elections, so that's we got true. time. Maybe we can turn, like, you know, change people's minds out yeah. there, you know? Change the minds. Change the I minds. mean, it, it didn't change my mind, but it definitely brought light to a lot of stuff that I hadn't thought about, so. Yeah, yeah. and Researching this, anyway. Yeah, and now I have, like, a new understanding and a kind of new opinion on things, but... Saving that for the end. But you'll hear our opinion at the end. Whoa. Whoa. Cliffhanger. Force them to come back. Force them to listen. Cool. All right. All right. So, on to the what is nuclear (laughs) power. What is nuclear power? So, I guess uh, I'll take this one away. All right. So, nuclear power is... So, there's two main ways to do nuclear power one of them 
we are practicing. The other one we are striving to achieve. So the first one that we are doing is fission. Fission is the technology that we have that's in practice currently. And that's the idea of taking one particle, like a heavy irradiated particle like uranium, and splitting that into smaller particles and the division of those creates a lot of power and that power in turns heats up water which creates steam steam turns turbines we get electricity so that's basically the dummy down version of fission and then fusion is one that we're currently working on which would yield a much higher energy turnout, but is much more difficult to achieve because that is the process of combining two elements to make a new one. And usually they do that by, so they have a substance like helium and they heat that to very high temperatures and use a lot of pressure to condense it into a small space and that in turn like makes a new compound and that creates a lot of energy, heats up water or in some versions metal and creates steam and energy is outputted. So currently the world, it's you know it's not just one country, it's it's a lot of places in the world are using uh, nuclear reactors to create nuclear power. And the basics of how a nuclear reactor works, or at least a light water reactor, which are all of the ones in practice currently, <clears throat> um, you have, there's the fuel rods, which is a literal rod of fuel. Um, it's usually you've used, uh, excuse me, uranium is usually uses these fuel rods um, and these rods sit in a what's called a moderator. It's usually water, hence the light water reactor name. Um, and what happens is these fuel rods are hit with nucleotides, which is a subatomic particle. Um, and when these particles hit the, the, the atoms of uranium, <clears throat> um, the atom actually splits apart into two, new, two different atoms, um, and when this happens, different neutrons are released from the nucleus of the atom, um, and those those neutrons go and collide with other atoms, and those atoms break apart, and then those neutrons hit other atoms, and those atoms break apart. So it's essentially just a big chain reaction that happens inside of this water, um, and the water serves as one a coolant and two just to kind of absorb some of the energy from these moving neutrons slows them down uh, to a point where you can, we can actually control the amount of reactions that were happening. If we just let it go away or get away from us, then it'll just react forever, and that's essentially how you get a nuclear bomb. So the water is used just to kind of keep everything, keep everything cool and not let it get out of hand. In addition to this, the water heats up. When these atoms split apart, there's a lot of energy released, and 
the energy heats the water, the water boils, that steam turns turbines, those turbines turn generators, and thus you have electricity. So those are the really basics of a nuclear reactor. Um, they generally use uranium-235, uh, which is just an isotope of uranium. An isotope meaning the same, the same atom, but with a different number of neutrons. Uranium-235, which makes up less than 1% of the world's naturally occurring uranium, is considered highly fissile, which is why it's generally preferred element. However, there's the uranium-238, which actually does a better job um, of producing energy. However, it's only fissile when it's in contact with fast-moving neutrons, which just requires a lot more energy. Um, and then uranium-238 also just, it, it has to be kind of conditioned, and so that just it adds expense to everything. So generally, it's accepted that light water reactors are going to be quote-unquote slow reactors, um, and they're going to use uranium-235 just because it's a little bit easier to use, less expensive, and kind of easier to get your hands on. So, so some of the cons of these reactors is that some countries give this technology to other countries who then kind of turn this nuclear power into weapons, because yeah. you can easily, with uranium plants, you can easily kind of reinvent into nuclear weapons, and that's kind of something that, you know, we're always wary of, because more nuclear weapons in the world is not an awesome idea. <laughs> we already um, have way too many. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty easy just to kind of size down, stick in a bomb, let that reaction get out of hand, as we talked about, and then it just kind of Explodes. Put it on a missile. So I think I think fear is kind of a big con. Fear itself is, and then just the fear of bombs, fear of meltdowns. Those yeah, are kind of scary. Like, People generally are afraid of it, I think. Mm. But, you know, in reality, there's less deaths due to nuclear power than literally any other energy-producing. Yeah. Program. Yeah. But whenever it does happen, you know, coal plant goes on like catches fire and there's a fire don't really hear about it but yeah. you know just the nature of nuclear and that radiation is such like a crazy fucking thing and it just it's just a material that lays around and you can get fucking super sick from it and it's just you know reactor blows up the next uh, fucking like 30 miles around it yeah <laughs> uninhabitable I mean for the next it's potentially just years. It's potentially just sitting a nuclear bomb in someone's backyard, you know, and it's that's a spooky thing. And they're generally around populated areas. Yeah, people need energy, yeah. but real realistically, all of the failures that have come from nuclear reactors are just due to coolant issues mm -hmm. or the lack thereof. I guess there's just. You know, something fails on the coolant side, and so everything overheats, yeah. and that reaction just gets out of hand. Everything gets too hot. Very user error. So, in theory, if it could just be, you know, if the reactors could just be buckled down enough, have a fail-safe, or enough fail-safes to where 
the coolant really can't get off, then theoretically it shouldn't be that big of an issue. Yeah. Just, but then there's the waste. Yeah. <laughs> waste is a pretty big thing, you know, because so essentially just you have to make sure no one's around it for the next several hundred years. and thousand. Thousand? I mean, depending on which material element, it is. With uranium, I mean, it's thousands of years before it's right. even touchable. But is it like... But like... It's still irradiated because it's like half-life and stuff, but I wonder when it becomes like safe to be around. Because I know Chernobyl that went up and it's like well, still sure. uninhabitable for like the next like it's uninhabitable for the next like 30 or 40 years or something but people live in Chernobyl sure but you can't you can't like around it and shit you can't touch the you can't come in contact with the actual fuel you know yeah I mean so the slow reactors that we use are because they're slow reactors, the uranium-238 doesn't actually do anything. It kind of just absorbs the, the neutrons and just sits there. So you just have all of this uranium-238 just absorbing um, neutrons, and it doesn't do anything. So you're just wasting all of this radioactive material. So you essentially have all this material that just hasn't even been touched. So you just have all this active uranium not mm -hmm. not doing anything so and that stuff uranium 238 does it takes thousands of years for it to be manageable so that's a big issue and yeah. there aren't really great solutions yeah especially because our biggest solution is putting in basically a concrete bunker and fucking slamming it down like yeah. 100 feet in the ground i mean it's not it's not ideal it's not awful it's not great because then you essentially have all this nuclear fuel there shooting into space somebody could eventually come and take it and also you could if you have a leak you could irradiate all the soil and, and that gets leads, in the groundwater leads to a whole mess of problems yeah. you thought iodine was bad <laughs> think about uranium in your fucking water but shooting into space like you said is not also also is not an ideal solution uh, I mean you have are you going to bring up the aliens again? <laughs> of course I'm going to bring up the dude, aliens. Dude, fuck the aliens, dude. <laughs> you can't, okay. They're going to come fucking okay. try and conquer us. The, the first and, and least moving point about not shooting into space is potentially nuking aliens. Okay, I know that's silly. Far-fetched. But if you just shoot a rocket into space, it will inevitably hit something, and that something could be another civilization... And you essentially just nuke them. Or at least just fill them with radioactive material. Or it just hits a meteor. That's possible. But what if there's aliens on said meteor? Out of all the things in space to hit, to hit a life-bearing planet with intelligent life, probably one of the least likely things for it to hit. And even if it does, you know, it's going to take... Tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years to get to it. And by that time, it's just going to be any other fucking rock, not irradiated I'm anymore. just saying it's a possibility. You know, and that Fuck would easy, suck. Dog. That would suck if someone did it to us. So, 
You Maybe know? they have, and if it just we lands just as a meteor. A, if we just got a present that was full of radioactive material, that would suck. You know? Yeah, but what happens if it was like Element One One Five and who? The zombie what? apocalypse started. That's the uh, that's the element for Call of Duty Zombies. That starts everything. Call of Duty Zombies sucks. Dude, it was but good. It was good. Moving on. Now it sucks. <laughs> Not getting sucked into that. Look at that vortex there. Um, shooting into the sun, also not ideal. So, I mean, anything, anything going into space has the issue of blowing up in our atmosphere. You know, we do sure. not, there's not a single space program on Earth that is 100% in getting things to space. You could launch the rocket and it blows up 100 feet in the air and then you've just irradiated everything around you. Or higher and then it goes everywhere else around you too. So there's that issue for anything going into space. Number two, shooting into the sun, not only does it take a lot of energy because you have to pull whatever rocket out of Earth's orbit and get that to go directly into the sun as at the same time it's trying to orbit the sun because it was just in Earth's atmosphere. It's a tricky subject. So there's a lot of energy that's expended there. Not really the biggest issue. Mm -hmm considering, in theory, we'll be making a bunch of energy with nuclear... Whatever. It's a whole whole... <laughs> it's, like, it's a whole whole... It's a whole physics issue. And then you have shooting a nuclear bomb into the sun. And we don't know what that does. I mean, we don't necessarily know that it will be bad, but it also could be bad. I mean, it's not making a reaction or anything. It's just a lump of mass just get burned up. Well, yeah, but the sun is There's essentially so just a bunch of fusion, you know, like a nuclear fusion going on. Mm -hmm. So you shoot all this nuclear fuel into this essentially giant nuclear reactor. It, I don't know. It could blow up, I guess, potentially, or not, or everything could just be totally fine and it wouldn't even <laughs> feel it. But if we, go, if we end up losing our sun, we're going to be in... Big trouble. <laughs> yeah. You know, either we'll get blown up along with it, or it'll get really, really cold and dark really fast. Either way, we're dying fucking immediately. So that's also not an awesome solution. So I think waste, really, with using uranium, we're kind of, kind of at a loss with waste. You know, unless we just bury it, and that's fine, I guess. As long as we can guarantee that nothing's going to happen to it, it should be okay. But okay. guarantees are pretty tricky to, to actually get, so... Very tricky. But, in terms of waste, it also doesn't produce a lot of the same waste that a lot of other power supplies do. You know, coal is just burning fossil fuels, and that's just releasing like tons and tons... Gigatons. Tons of, of pollutants into the air. You know, so nuclear waste, yes, it does produce waste that lasts thousands of years, and we can't really do anything with it, but it is all contained. Mm. With the burning of coal or other fossil fuels it just goes right into the air we breathe it we live in it it traps uh, a lot of the heat from the sun you know the typical greenhouse gas deal greenhouse okay. gas effect we're, well, we're currently experiencing <laughs> we're currently experiencing every day and there is radiation from that you know radiation does get released from fossil fuel burning granted it's in less lesser Quantities. amounts but it is just you know, uncontrolled, so... Mm. 
So and also, you know, the fucking just the dirty air affects people's health more than you would think. Oh, way more. Yeah, just like you know, you're just breathing in actual toxic shit all the time. Yeah, and your body's constantly having to filter that out. And, you and know, it's just studies show it's if you lean like much more damaging to your health than you may realize. Yeah, I mean, fossil fuels are awful. Awful. But we're relying on them at the moment. But, uh, I mean, it's also nuclear really only releases steam into the atmosphere. You know, all of the turbines are spun by steam, and so it's just steam. You're just releasing water vapor into the air. And would you rather suck in some water or suck in some car exhaust? I do like the smell of gasoline, so... <coughs> See, this is what all the CO2 is doing in this, bro. This is it. Yeah. yeah, gas smells pretty good. Along with Sharpies and other awful things to breathe. <laughs> yeah. So, there's a lot of other countries that are currently utilizing nuclear power. Like, Germany and France, I believe, use... A lot of nuclear in comparison with the rest of the world. I know... Actually, no. Germany is... Germany is ahead in using, like, solar energy. So, they're relying a lot on renewable sources of energy. Solar, hydro, wind. And it's kind of interesting because those forms of energy rely so much on the climate. You know, you need wind to fucking power the wind farms. And, you know, even the, like, our climate is kind of degrading, so they invest more in solar, or wind energy you know, building more turbines and stuff. And I, I read a statistic where they spent about several billion dollars more than the previous year, and they yielded 6% less. So it's just dependent on how, how good it is and... You know, you can't really rely on well, it being sunny or windy, especially when the rest of the planet, because we're all on the same fucking rock, and, you know, if we in countries like China and India are just pumping out fucking massive amounts of CO2. Yeah, I don't know if you can say you can't rely on it. I think, <clears throat> I think you can always... There will always be wind, and there will always be sun. Yeah. You know, granted, some days may be less than others. There will all, it'll always be there. Um, yeah, but some years you like if you rely on it, you may not produce enough to. I keep agree. Your country I think, running, and I you think, need another form. I think if you fill it up. Basically, I think we need to switch to renewables. Period. You know that is where that is where we need to go in terms mm-hmm. of keeping our planet healthy. 
Um, but clearly there's a way to get off of fossil fuels. France currently uses 70, as of 2015, was using 70% nuclear power. So it is possible to essentially run a country on nuclear power. And I think nuclear power is not the be-all, end-all of, of power sources. You know, ideally we would all be on solar or wind or something completely renewable. Even tidal power, that's kind of a new thing that people are talking about, kind of experimenting with. with. <laughs> experimenting with. Um. See, but even, like, with renewable energies, like, like solar, you know, that creates a lot of emissions just creating the actual panels, and then the panels don't last forever, and there's a lot of toxic materials, like lead goes into making the solar panels, and we don't have any real clear way to recycle solar panels, or you know, or when the wind farms or turbines need replacing and stuff, so in order to make any of those things, you can rely on other forms of energy to get them to yeah. be able to get there. That's that's what I think is, that's why I think nuclear is important because it, it kind of allows us a stepping stone to get to the next spot that isn't fossil fuels. Mm. Because clearly that's, fossil fuels aren't the answer. But I think currently renewables are kind of they're kind of tricky to rely on because they take up so much space mm -hmm. you know to produce the same amount of power that a thorium nuclear reactor is using one needs a 30 by 30 kilometer um, square of solar like a solar field mm -hmm. so that's 350 square miles that's a lot that's a, that's lot, a lot of space, space. Uh, that you could get out of one nuclear reactor that takes up not even a, I mean a fraction of that you know mm -hmm. they're in in comparison to that it's tiny yeah so really it's not that renewables are bad they should be where we want to go but we need power to get there and we need to get off fossil fuels quickly yeah and also we need to improve because the issue with some renewable energies is that our battery technology isn't good enough. Like sometimes our like solar farms or our, like hydro dams like just produce too much energy at one time and we don't have effective technology enough to actually store it in order to transport it. So it's just you know, we create power that if like essentially just evaporates. Yeah, I get that. I mean, that... And we that, just need better ways to store it and be able to transport it. I think that's true for any power source, though. You know, I mean, the reason that we don't have solar farms everywhere is because they take up so much space. Mm. But if we were trying to have California run on a nuclear reactor that's in Virginia, we still need to transport that energy. Yeah. So... I think that's a somewhat fair argument against 
renewables mm-hmm. because it's more likely that you'll be transporting well, it because they take up so much space. Yeah. Well, but, it's not really about the transportation, but it's just more about just, like, you know, getting the most efficiency out of it because you know, if we're on a larger scale to where we're depending on, you know, solar and wind, we need to be able to store whatever we grab from that. Because, you know, you can't... Because, you know, you can store it for another day, but, you know, if the next day is not windy and you don't have enough, then there's no more power being generated. There's just no more power to be able to be dispersed, but... We just need better ways to store it so we can use it later. That's true. I just think that the issue with storage is not, it's not exclusive to renewables. You know, it's storing anything. Mm-hmm. It's storing that much power for however long is an issue. But, yeah. but just, you're right. I think it's more. It's not, yeah, it's just that like. You we can't need be to like, store renewables more frequently yeah. because we can't. We can't produce them at night, you know, if it's solar or during non-windy times, if it's wind. So, you're right. There are times when we can't produce it, and so we need to store it. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's just, like, the positive side to, you know, coal, why it's used in nuclear. It's just like, oh, we need more. We have the material. We can make this reaction happen, and we have it. So it's just like kind of the accessibility to for it, which is why. But the main thing fossil. is getting off of fossil fuels. Yeah, fuck fossil fuels. <laughs> <laughs> so it's likely that you've heard of thing uh, of an element. There's a lot of hype around it. I mentioned it earlier. What a is it? Sneak peek. Let's hear it. Thorium. Thorium. <laughs> yes, it's named after Thor. It's the next. Well, we don't know that. It well, might, there is a there is a picture on the page. Probably. We didn't look into it, but There's one no of other one of the sources really. we read had a picture of Thor, so we're taking that. But you know, taking that to heart. <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt. I'm sure it would it would take literally one one search and we'll, we'd figure it out, but. Can't be, you know, we don't. We can't, can't be bothered, bothered to do that. That's Ain't nobody much. got time for that. <laughs> okay. Thorium is another type of element that can be used as nuclear fuel. Um, it itself is considered fertile, which means it it can't easily react. It can't easily split in and undergo fission. Um, so what it essentially what needs to happen is you replace your uranium with thorium, or at least you, you mix a little you mix you mix the two. Um, and when this thorium gets gets hit with those same elect or excuse me neutrons, um, it it gets hit a few times before it's actually fissile, and then eventually it it it, it turns into the isotope uranium two thirty three. And then it is considered fissile, and then it can start the reaction. So it's it's a little bit, or in, in general, it's better because it can't be weaponized as easily, because it's 
it has to go under it has to undergo other nuclear reactions before it can actually react yeah. so you know that it takes a little bit it has a little bit more of a buffer space there mm. so it's a little bit easy, a little bit harder to weaponize yeah and also the crazy thing about thorium is that like one ton of thorium produces the same amount of energy as like three and a half million tons of coal and one ton of thorium is equivalent to like a hundred thousand tons of uranium so just 200 but close 200 um, 200 tons <laughs> you know it's even fucking more dude even more dude so it's just super I like, mean 200 is significantly less than a hundred thousand but that's okay Wait, what? It's thorium. Uh, one well, ton of one thorium, ton of thorium is equivalent to two hundred tons of uranium. Yeah, so it produces more energy per. Oh. Ton. Yes. That's what I was saying. Right. Yes. It does. I mean, yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Forget it. Okay, I don't, okay, go on. So is that like a bad quick mass on mine or your behalf? I thought... Well, okay, so one, one ton of thorium used as nuclear fuel produces the same amount of energy as 200 tons of uranium or 3.5 million tons of coal. That's, that's what I know. But mm-hmm. it sounded to me like you said it's 100,000... Tons of uranium is equivalent to one ton of thorium. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Move on. Continue on. Please finish your thought. Anyway, you know, that was basically my thought. (laughs) It's a good thought. Yeah. (laughs) I I lost my concentration in the quick mass. You know. It's okay. So that that essentially means that we need way less of it to produce the same amount of energy mm. as the stuff that we are currently using. True. That means it's also more abundant. Less waste. So thorium is three times more abundant than uranium, or at least any usable form of uranium. Mm-hmm. So that already means that we have three, essentially three times more, assuming they're a one-to-one, and they're not even a one-to-one. So... We're pr- we can produce a lot more energy using thorium than we ever could with uranium. Or coal, for that matter. So, it's mm-hmm. a pretty good shape. There's, I mean, there's some, there's some issues with it. So, there is the idea that it's kind of tricky to be weaponized because it... Use that extra buffer. Yeah. But there's also the fact that when it starts to react, it continues to produce itself. And so, essentially, it's just constantly breeding nuclear fuel. Mm. And so, even though it's a little bit harder to weaponize initially, in theory, someone could just produce lots and Crazy lots of nuclear of fuel. It. So, there's that kind of issue. But there's, there's so many pros versus the cons of thorium that I think it would just be crazy to ignore it. I mean, there's, there's a thing called a lifter, mm-hmm. L-I-F-T-R, yeah, no E. Uh, lithium fluoride thorium reactor. And that essentially says that you use fluoride, or excuse me, thorium in its liquid form as your fuel. And you set below it a meltable cork. 
I guess cork probably isn't the best term, a meltable plug. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that plug will melt at a lower temperature than the meltdown temperature of the of the reactor. And so essentially as soon as it reaches a an unsuitable temperature as if the power su- or the coolant supply were to go out, mm-hmm. then all of that fuel would drain out and the reaction would stop immediately. So it's just really you know, it's it's initially hard to weaponize. It produces more it produces three times less waste mm-hmm. and it's easy to stop a reaction. Yeah. And I mean is there enough like weaponized uranium to kill the planet like dozens of times over? So why not just make it several hundreds of thousands <laughs> or billions? I mean if you kill like, the does planet it really once, matter? You yeah. know, that's really all you need. Yeah. And if we're producing less waste then assuming the planet doesn't get killed by anybody then yeah. that waste will there will be less of it and it will last for less time so thorium is just kind of you know the theoretical savior of nuclear power sure we'll all die of carbon before nuclear that is probably true unfortunately yeah I'd rather die of nuclear power thank you yeah at least it's fast maybe know. and maybe I'll grow another arm I don't know yeah, maybe like there'll be a whole fallout situation, and we'll be fighting fighting in the capital wasteland, and, you know. or the Mojave. Capital wasteland is better, but <laughs> me and we'll a save this question about time. that. Yo, throw it in the comments. What's better, Mojave or Capital? Mojave. Only real ones know. <laughs> Yeah. So, all right, Curly. Is this the decisions? This is the decisions for or against nuclear power. Can should we get a drum roll? All right, surprise! I'm for it. Whoa! 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 What a surprise! Yeah, I didn't. I didn't expect this. <laughs> I didn't expect this. I didn't expect this. I even heard it the past four times we tried this yeah. episode, and yeah. I didn't expect and it. And when you told me not to say it, and I did anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just fossil fuels aren't working. In terms of solar, is way too reliable to really rely on at the current moment until more developments happen and we already have nuclear technology that is already practiced and working that if we invested in it sure it's very expensive I mean, to granted initially it's do it technology from the 60s that we're working on so yeah and like the last nuclear power plant that has been made in the United States was like 30 years ago you know yeah. if we and there's so much new exciting technology with the nuclear power route coming up that I feel like it's gonna it's gonna end up probably being our saving grace. If not, we'll probably burn. But you know. So <laughs> But see. Yeah. Alright, Nate. The big reveal. The big reveal. The big reveal. Is Nate for or against? I wonder what it is. (laughs)
for. I am for it. I am for it temporarily. I think it it can be used with enough investment um, and enough care. I think that it can be used as a really awesome stepping stone into the next age being totally renewable. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't think renewables could power us right now. I think, you know, in theory, yes, we could get enough power based on renewables to power everybody. In actuality, that takes, you know, there's a lot of politics in that, which usually limit it. Um, and it's just kind of a tricky thing that we're not quite as experienced in yet. So I think, in actuality, nuclear power could get us to the next stage, where we want to be, to save the planet, and to progress into the stars and see cool star shit. Me E.T. and shit, you know? Yeah. And not nuke him, hopefully. Or do it. And if we do thorium, we don't need to nuke him. It produces so little waste that, and the waste only lasts... You know, a couple hundred bucks. A couple hundred bucks, bro. A couple hundred years. It's gone. (laughs) You don't got to worry about it anymore. (laughs) A couple hundred years. And, you know, yeah, sure, we'll be dead by that time, but it's not that far. It's true. I mean, a lot of shit shit happens in a couple hundred years, though, you know? That's true. I mean, I guess if you think about it, if, if we had, like, George Washington bury some nuclear fuel right now or we could just begin to we would just be taking it out yeah like oh now it's just essentially a rock (laughs) (laughs) and the rock we can chuck into space because it's not going to nuke anybody i mean you could have just shot it when it was nuclear or yeah, not but George Washington. <laughs> he didn't have the technology. Come on, Curly. At the time. George Washington couldn't do that. That's silly. <laughs> That's preposterous. <laughs> but, you know, just saying now we can start shooting shit in space. If it's thorium, our year, if it's even uranium, so shoot that shit in space. No, we, it's not. That's it's not more great. of a getting it into space thing, but it's space elevator easy. Space elevators are not easy. It's just, just nope. make an elevator just super <laughs> tall. I was just looking into it. It's it's a really neat idea. So you essentially bury a big anchor underground, and you run some sort of cable up to space where there is a space station that's connected to said cable, and it just kind of circles around the planet with it. And you have, like, a crawler that crawls on the cable. The issue is we don't actually have a material that's strong enough to withstand that for the cable right now. So you'd probably either, you'd probably just, it would snap and then the space station would just go rocketing off into space. Well, that's assuming it doesn't have any capabilities of moving on itself. I guess. I'm just saying like... The I'm other, more worried about like, I'm in the fucking elevator and cable snaps. There's that too. <laughs> and then you're you know. floating off into space from, until you die. Best way to die though. That would be mad shit. Dude, what do you mean? You're just stuck in an elevator. You don't get to see anything. We already talked about this. Best way to die is to get lost in space, period. But, but however, there is, there's talks of the ability to do it on the moon and to practice because, you know, way less gravity. So you could actually use Kevlar as the cable 
to connect the moon to the elevator. Mm-hmm. So it's all theory as of now, but it's a neat idea. Not possible on Earth yet because we don't have any technology to create such a strong cable. Mm. But someday. someday. And then on that day, we'll just ride that nuclear fuel up to space and just kind of let it go. Off to nuke some alien children. Yeah. Really great idea there, Curly. Yeah. Nuke yeah, some yeah. children. Yeah, honestly, it's just, you know, paving our way to when we eventually do be discover t- interstellar travel. We top can, dogs already. Yeah. Because we nuked everyone already <laughs> on accident. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, that's the podcast. Yeah. That's it. That's episode one. Thanks for making it to the end. Numero uno. We appreciate your, your time. Yeah. But, uh, you know, make sure to leave a comment, say anything we could improve on. Or, or don't. Or don't tell us and we'll just, we'll be happier that way. It's fine. I'd like it if you leave a comment. I'll read every single one, I promise, dude. I'll... Hundreds of thousands of you. <laughs> but, yeah, so, hey, are we uh, giving them a, a little hint for what's coming up next week? or? Uh, okay, next week is...